I'm a big fear with my phone ever going off on stage if I forget to like turn it off. That is also my biggest fear. I also have a fear when I walk on stage doing improv that my fly is down. Because I've seen enough, it happened to enough male performers that I have a fear that it's going to be I check it to me. as I walk up, always. <laughs> I always do too, and I feel like people can see me, but I'm always like, sorry. Okay. You have your phone on stage? Usually? Not usually. Okay. Because mine's usually on a stool recording. Oh, really? Oh. So I'm like, it's right beside me, like, just don't ring. You listen back to your sets? I'm supposed to. <laughs> and I don't. Alrighty, well, <clears throat> let's start. Welcome. <laughs> Intro songs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I hope you um, can that forever. <laughs> Welcome to the Art of Story. This is Maddie Vu. Hello. He is a hilarious mm. stand-up in town. He's saying no. But, you know, he's just humble. I'm just a stand-up in town. <laughs> Only. That is all. That is all. We are eating chips and... Drinking Ivan, Slurpees. Yeah, Maddie got me back into Slurpees after a 10-year hiatus. That's too long of a time without a Slurpee in your life. I guess I just figured it was for children or something. I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs> I just never thought about getting one, but... I'm so glad I did. They're so refreshing. You also got the baby size. I did. And I have a massive one beside me. Well, I was worried I would hate it, but I'm kind of regretting the small <laughs> size now because I'm like, why would I hate it? It's sugar and ice water. That's yeah, sugar water. Pretty good. So great. Um, Maddie and I were actually trying to always start this podcast off with how did we meet each other? And you don't remember. At all. I don't know. I feel like Kia introduced us. Probably. Would it be like a at an instant yeah, either situation. at an instant show or... I think I did meet you at an instant show. Like after a street fight. You were in the audience, maybe? No. Nope. LMG? It wouldn't be at a street fight, because I don't go to street fight. Oh, okay. What have I think of then? <laughs> Would have been over the festival? Ooh. Like a party? I only went to... I didn't go to any of the parties. Where the hell did you come from? Yeah, I want to know. Because it was just like, now that we just knew each other. Yeah, basically, it was like, hey, now we're good friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. <laughs> this is so bad. Does it matter? I don't know. Probably not. As I read your the- intro bit for everybody. Does this fucking matter at all? <laughs> Can I swear? It matters so much. <laughs> My, my listeners, sorry, you hear that? That's all the unsubscribes. <laughs> I don't have any, but it's fine. <laughs> I, I haven't checked in a while. I haven't checked since I first posted, so who knows? Uh, you don't want that in your brain. <laughs> Just don't Google yourself. Check. There's nothing to Google. But <laughs> hmm. When's the last time you Googled yourself? I IMDb'd myself a couple days ago. That's fine. I found out there's an IMDb about me. Really? But I didn't know what was there. Because I acted in one thing for a story hive, and that's on there. So now you have an IMDb credit. So, yeah. Welcome to the big leagues. Yeah. I'm hot shot. <laughs> hot shot. I'm fresh off a, a voice acting audition. Yeah. Watch out, guys. Pretty Here good. Comes Maddie Pretty good. Here comes Maddie Voo. Doo doo. I'm gonna keep hey. that as my intro song. Right? Okay, yeah, you can totally I won't I won't charge royalties on that. Sick. How the heck did we meet? This is really about it doesn't really I'm sure we met at a show. Yeah, most likely. 
I feel like someone introduced me to you, and I thought you were really funny. Well, that wasn't me then. <laughs> I was like, he's so nice and funny, and I'm real you mean. talked about, well, you were nice to me at that point. Or maybe I just think people being mean to me is nice to you. <laughs> You're broken inside. It's the problem. I'm broken. Because <laughs> you, you talked about um, stitching. Cross-stitching? Cross-stitching. No, that's definitely watching me then. Fast and Furious. That's... Yeah, and you said that you and Rachel Schaefer do it, and mm-hmm. I know her. Rachel, yeah, we, we're going to have a craft night in my apartment. I almost took your Slurpee. Because it's giant and delicious? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were, yeah, she was like, let's do crafts. I was like, cool, let's watch uh, Fast and the Furious. And she's like, yes, it's one of my favorite movies. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And then, like, we had it planned, and then one day I just messaged her, and like, this is now called The Craft and the Furious. <laughs> So you do this on show. I haven't actually seen this show. This is not a show. That was a thing we did in my apartment. Oh, but now it's a for show? For funsies. And everybody who found out about it was like, this needs to be a real show. And it's going to be a show this month. Oh. For the first time. What day? May 19th. May 19th. This won't be out in time. Uh, I'll, I'll push you ahead <laughs> of the line. Let's do that. I'll edit it tomorrow. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a, And I'll post it, and then you can post the shit out of it. Yeah, we're watching The and Fast and the Furious. This can be a legit podcast <laughs> because of your clout. This is a real plug. <laughs> yeah, we're watching Fast and the Furious. I have a panel of three other comedians and myself. We're going to talk over the movie and make fun of it and or like love it, all the things. Me, Ronald Dario, oh, yes. local hot improviser. Yep. Carrie Donaldson, oh also gosh. amazing improviser. And the big star of the show, Graham Clark. Whoa. Big deal. Holy shit. Yeah. It's going to be a legitimate show. And then I have... Not uh, that it isn't, but... And there's a local, like, cross-stitching group that do, like, cross-stitch nights, and they sell kits and stuff called the Basic Stitches. Nice. And they... So are they going to stitch your funniest things you think no. in the night? No. Uh, I asked them to, like, just come and sell their little kits to people if they didn't have a craft to make in the audience. Oh, oh. yeah. The audience is doing crafts this whole time. Cool. But they've made custom kits for the show that okay. are Fast and the Furious characters. What time is the show on? It's at 10. 10? Okay, because I'm going to play earlier, but I think I might scoot my little tush over. Get your butt over. Yeah. The eight o'clock. It's only my boyfriend's show, but whatever. Oh. I'll watch it, and then I'll like, bye, babe. He has to clear out the theater. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, my And gosh. the show before it is pretty good. It's called Blood Feud. That's it's my a double biggest dam. regret. <laughs> <laughs> it's not seeing Blood Feud. Blood Feud is also my show. Yeah, it is. That's true. <laughs> so you can plug that too. Maddie, you're just one talented... It's just two shows that I have. Yeah. Okay, so... Story. Story. This is what it's about. Right. Not my plugs. And you're... <laughs> no, plug away. It's all about being a stand-up. But like, how do you think storytelling and stand-up go hand-in-hand? Because I think... I think people who are really good at stand-up and really good jokes often feel like a story. And I feel like that's all Ricky Gervais does. He just stands up on stage and tells people shit he thought was funny that he noticed about the Definitely world. things that he thinks are funny. Yeah. <laughs> not what normal people think. <laughs> yeah. But there are, like, some of my favorite comedians are longer, more story-driven comics. Mm-hmm. Like, John Mulaney is a very story-driven comic. Oh, my gosh. And then Gary Goldman's one of the best, too. And his Netflix special is basically three jokes. Whoa. It's just like one very long one and then two shorter but still long jokes. 
Because, yeah, I've seen some comedians... I've gone to I've gone to stand-up and some comedians who just go on stage and, like, uh, make fun of the audience the, their entire set. Yeah, that's someone who doesn't write jokes. Yeah, and, like, it's... Sometimes it's funny, but, mm-hmm. like, after 15 minutes of that, you're kind of like, okay. Mm-hmm. There are some people that are good at it. Like, Jimmy Pardo is, like, one of my favorite comedians, and he's great at it. And just, like, and talking just, like, to the audience. People. And Well, not even roasting, just, like, being in the room and live and just, like, chatting with someone and... Not even, like you don't even have to be mean. You mm-hmm. can just be genuine, <laughs> and it can be funny. So you, but you write jokes, like stories, or because well, you have to set up a punchline, no? Yes, I think. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I don't feel like I'm a good comic. I'm like, is this a punchline or is this just like a long bit? Because I definitely work more on transitioning from one joke to another joke. Oh, interesting. Okay. I spend a lot of time on that, which is probably a waste of time, but I like that idea because one of my favorite like feedback I've ever gotten was from a guy and he's like, you just told one joke your whole set. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's the dream that I wanted. <laughs> Thank you. You validated what I wanted. Uh, but within that, there's like six jokes that are separate Mm-hmm. And I could move them around or switch them out for other things. Or... But it all kind of ties in. They all tie in. I find a way to tie it in. Even if it doesn't like wrap up nicely at the end. Right. <laughs> like it'll start weird and it'll end weird. But it seemed like it was like it just seems... seamless through the whole... <laughs> Love it. The whole story. That... Well, I have to say like one of my favorite bits I've ever seen is John Mulaney's... Uh... What is it? Salt and Pepper Diner? Yes. Oh my god, I can't stop telling anybody. Everybody, because I'm like, this is the greatest joke ever. It's it's like an epic tale. I listened to it on Friday. Or on it Friday. <sighs> it's so good. It just, it builds and it builds. And it, it's standalone. It's just a great anecdote. It's a great joke. Yeah. <laughs> it is such a good joke. Don't I'm sure it's embellished or, like, or not. Before the we recorded you're like think of a story that's your favorite story that was the one i was gonna bring up oh really it's my favorite joke of all time it's just so good like the way he he sets it up and then you as the audience can start to like put two and two together yeah. and you slowly like you become part of telling yeah. the joke or like a part of the experience yeah because you feel so like great. you're there yeah i think that's the best part about a storytelling comic is that, yeah, you feel like you. I was there. You experienced the same thing yeah. <laughs> that the comic experienced, and that just makes it better. Like one-liner comics are great, like a Dimitri Martin or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's very disconnected. So, do your does your family come see you do stand-up? Uh, they have. Oh. My mom is banned from seeing me do stand-up ever. Oh, she like real heckler. I, she used to go to my brother's hockey games with like a snare drum and a screaming. And that's in my mind. I don't know what she would do at a comedy show. Okay, paint the scene of that. Were you not playing hockey? My brother's like 12 years older than me. Oh, I see. So I would be like a child. Okay. And they're like teens playing hockey. Yeah, yeah. And she's yeah. just like banging on the snare drum, <laughs> screaming at them, at the rest, at the other team. Just a real That is incredible nightmare. to me because I, out of my siblings, I was the only one who ever did sports. Mm-hmm. And it was like, asking my parents to come to a game, they're like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's the same as my shows. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll check it out. How many siblings do you have? I have two. I have five. Whoa. And I'm the youngest, so she was like, 
Yeah, I'm done with you. <laughs> you. <laughs> Do whatever you want. I'm not driving so, you to the things. Really? Did you have any extracurriculars? Not really, no. No? There wasn't anything your parents like. My parents said I had to try everything. I tried dance. I did Highland dance for like one term. No, no like there was never a go do this. Oh. It was like, you're free to do what you want, but you have to find it and figure out how you're going to deal with it. Huh. I mean, my parents used to say, on your bike. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of soccer biking to it. And they, I think my parents came to like two games. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, they were so bored the entire time. I played hockey for like a year or maybe two. Oh, really? I was like, this is okay. <laughs> I also just didn't like sports people. Yeah. Sports boys, nightmare. Well, I used to do like long distance running because it's so individual. Mm-hmm. Playing in a team is okay, but. And that's why so... I don't do improv. Oh, because it's a team. <laughs> it's a team. It's a team effort. team game. And I like. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fair. I know sometimes it's it's hard finding a group you click with in improv. Yeah, I think it, I would have to pick like a group of people I already think are very good, and they're like, "Why would we work with you? You don't know what you're doing." <laughs> So, what got you into stand-up? I was just like always watch stand-up as a kid. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, I used to like stay up late on Fridays and watch like Letterman. As oh, a kid. cool. So like Letterman was like my biggest influence as a kid. And then in like high school, I'd get home and like watch just for laughs. And like there was a show called Comedy Club Fifty Four on like oh. the old Comedy Network, and it was like old. <laughs> Very, like, gimmicky, bad comics. Yeah, because I used to watch Just for Laughs. Yeah. It'd be The Simpsons, Just for Laughs, and Gags. I'd never watch Gags. I would just watch more Simpsons. Fraser and then, like, the Winnipeg Festival. I don't know why Fraser. They just, that's, whatever the It's a good show, isn't it? I don't know. I never watched it. This tall silence came all day. But I, I, remember. <laughs> I remember, like, there was from like five o'clock to eight o'clock when I was a kid that you could just watch Simpsons if you bounced channels. Oh, yeah. So just three hours of The Simpsons. Whoa, yeah, I only ever got like one episode a day. It was so funny. I would come home from school and I would like have a snack. Yeah. And then I'd watch The Simpsons, watch Just for Laugh Gags, and then, and then I think it would be the news. Because then Ooh, I would go so. do homework and eat dinner. And then when I came back, it'd be like Fraser and then just relax. I had farmer's cable growing up. My dad was mm, like, hey, so yeah. it was whatever a bunny ears could catch. Gotcha. And then when I became digitalized, that was the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, I was in university, every Sunday night was like comedy now specials. Oh, cool. And I would just like write essays while watching those. So how do you write a joke? Like, do you just... I don't know, I haven't done a good one in a while. (laughs) (laughs) And do you, like, try bits out on people and see what they... Sometimes it'll just, like, accidentally happen where I'll, like, say something something to someone. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to, like, use that on stage. Don't. (laughs) Don't hold that against me. (laughs) I didn't practice that on you, but, like, now I'm just going to use it. Like, would you say your humor is situational? Yes, for sure. Oh, okay, cool. There's a problem that a lot of, like, weird things have happened lately. That I, I was like, I don't know what to write anymore. Oh. Yeah. Like, I sat down to write yesterday. I was like, what's happened in my life? Oh. And I could only think of one thing. <laughs> you could write about this Slurpee business. Yeah, I need, like, more. <laughs> Carol, there's nothing there. Well, that was a situation where, like, I someone slept over. 
which was very surprising. <laughs> but the like unsurprising part was that like she laughed at me for having too many decorative pillows on my bed, <laughs> which is a real situation. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't even have that. I want to, but how do you? How does one go about? I just don't want to buy a decorative pillow. If you came to my apartment, you'd understand. Oh, okay. I. It's very decorated. Like. If Queer Eye came over to my apartment... They'd be like, well, nothing needs to happen they'd be here. Like, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> We're going to take uh, some nuts, maybe. <laughs> uh, I like what he did with that. That's good. Ooh. As we sit in my apartment with the Crooked Bee painting. <laughs> have you noticed? It could have been, like, aesthetically, that's it's what you wanted. Big, well, I mean, I put it up and it was straight, and it's just slowly slipped through the frame since... It's like a little, since last a little April. bit of tape behind it would have helped. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Shit. I have a lot of art just like hanging by clothespins in my like living space. Oh, cool. Like on a wire? No, not even. Oh. Just like clothespins are like adhesive onto the wall and then they're just like clipped. That is so smart. Mm -hmm. I'm, I... Like, these are things I don't think about. I, I think I think much more fundamentally of, like, well, if it has to be in a frame and, like, I have to hang it on the wall. There's certain things I have in frames. But then I went to, like, some illustrator market. Yeah. And, like, the people had prints. And I just, like, spent, like, $300 on prints. So what are these prints of? Tell us about it. Oh, there's, Paint the there's so many of them. There's like cityscapes, the mountainy mm. things. There's dumb ones of like a rhino chasing a man in a spacesuit. Love it. There's an angry pickle in a bottle of a pickle jar. I'm so, this, this is amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I might try this close pin thing. Come visit and you'll see. Okay. It's, I definitely Most will. people who have seen it were like, this is brilliant. And <laughs> I'm going to do this now. So, in your off time, do you like go on Netflix and watch comedies or do you? Because you do it so much, do you not watch comedies? I'll watch the people I like already. Doing their stand-up specials? Yeah. But you don't really watch, like, narrative comedy? Uh, I'll watch it just because, but I'm not, like, the biggest fan of watching it. Like, Mike Birbiglia is a big, like, mm. one of the biggest storyteller yeah. comics. I'm gonna check but that guy. goes into a realm of, like, one-man show. Oh, so like, I don't know where like the line draws between one man show and just like a long narrative hmm. from a comic. I remember watching Oh Hello. Which is amazing. Yeah. And because I, my first introduction to John Mulaney was the Salt and Pepper Diner. Mm -hmm. My sister had found it mm -hmm. and I was like, because actually the first stand up I ever really listened to, some kid, I think, oh, where were we? Grade nine? And someone was like, this is when Dane Cook was like, at the, whatever happened to Dane Cook? He's also? back. Oh, is he? He's doing proper stand-up now. I haven't heard it, but oh, I hear okay. he's doing better. But he's starting from ground zero because everything else before wasn't jokes. Right. Yeah, because this is when he was like getting so big and then he was in all these movies and mm -hmm. then he was an actor and then he just like, I don't know, vanished from my mm -hmm. frame of reference. Did he screw up? Did he, was he stealing jokes? Like what? I think people caught on to his gimmick. Oh, of just, he's just like not saying a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Jimmy Fallon. Eventually people are going to catch up on to his gimmick and we're like, oh yeah, he's not entertaining. <laughs> yeah, because that was like the first thing I ever listened to. And then, um, and then after that, it was John Mulaney. And I, the difference was astronomical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh. 
so when I watched Oh Hello, I didn't really know what to expect, but the two of them together are so incredible. Good. Yeah. That jump from like early like 2000s, 90s, like mm-hmm. mainstream comedy. I never like I liked watching it, yeah. but I never saw myself doing it. Oh. And okay. I never was like, oh, that's a thing I can do until like way later and I was like I started like podcast came out and you can hear like alternative comics and you're like oh these people I like actually identify with (laughs) this makes sense I can do this because what do you think about comedians and cars getting coffee I love the idea obviously all his friends those are so it's like it's also my favorite things (laughs) comedy and cars oh it'd be my dream show is this yeah (laughs) because I really really enjoy it and to me you basically get to meet um Jerry Seinfeld, like, all his friends and, like, mm-hmm. kind of get an insight of, like, what they were like hanging out back in yeah. the day. But they're still funny. And Him and Larry David together are amazing. Oh, my God. That's one of the best episodes. The best. What do you think about his um, episode with Jim Carrey? I don't think I ever saw it. Because I'm always so curious when I hear actors who are like, yeah, I used to do stand-up. I'm like, really? Like, what's that like? What was... What were How you? How young are you? <laughs> uh, well, I only knew Jim Carrey as an actor <laughs> until later I heard. And he was like a sketch comic. He was, well, I guess he did like stand up when he was like 18, but then. He was doing like sketch. In Living Color yeah. is what I knew him from first. But if you watch his stand up, it is like a sketch. Yeah. It's not really like classic, like stand up yeah. there and tell a joke. But you know, I was like thinking about doing stand up this mm-hmm. year as just once. Just try it once, mm-hmm. but it scares the crap out of me. And There's like, a lot of stand or a lot of yeah stand-ups who are actors. Yeah. There is a bit of a stigma <laughs> that is carried with it for some reason. I don't care about it, but oh. a lot of people are like actors. Oh, you think you just like do this thing too? Oh no, I don't think but, they yeah. can. <laughs> Which is like why you should do it. <laughs> it's not they don't think they can should do it more. Yeah. Well, I went to school with a guy who said he was like really big in the Vancouver circuits but he was moving more into acting and he hadn't done stand-up in a while that? um I'll keep his editing <laughs> I'll tell you after but just in case you're like no I heard about that guy Ooh, yeah um, um, have you ever done thought of doing the class that instant has yeah actually because that's where I started oh really mm-hmm. and you like rec- you recommend it I recommend it because I don't think I ever would have started without it I drunkenly signed up for it. <laughs> You're like, well, I'm in now. Yeah, because I was like, I should do it. No, I'm not going to do it. I like, <laughs> drunkenly, I was like, you're going to do this. You've now committed money to it. Go to the thing. Oh, that financial commitment, man. It gets That's you. all you have to do. Yeah. That's why you make people pay for shows. <laughs> Five mm. bucks is the tiniest amount, but that's enough for them to be like, oh, I'm going to pay attention and enjoy this because I committed $5 to this. Yeah, I... It's interesting, I just saw um, the Revolver Festival emailed me and they have a bunch of like free shows and, or, and then they have a next tier of like pay what you can and I'm like, that's new. I feel like everyone's trying that out now. I don't know. Is it in the hopes to get people that's hooked on theater? That's not going to work. You, oh. do, you do it the other way. You're like, it's $5 or $10 or pay what you can. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, that's how it should be. Yeah. Adding value to it makes it worthwhile for the audience too yeah i think so too so do you ever do um so like where can people find you in the city Uh, you you tech for um i do tech for laugh gallery at havana every monday 
I run my show Blood Feud every third Saturday at Little Mountain Gallery. Yeah. And then I do stand-up whenever. Okay, so and wherever. tell me the story of the first time you did an open mic. I did my first open mic a year after I started doing stand-up. Oh. Oh, so, I... So that took, that's how long it was like. Okay. I broke the... No, I was doing shows. Oh. My first show was Havana Laugh Gallery with Graham Clark. Okay, so tell me, okay, tell me how your first show went, and then tell me your first open mic. I think it went well. It was, like, I always watched the Laugh Gallery. Yeah. Graham Graham, someone I look up to a lot, mm-hmm. and I like the show. And then he was, like, eventually he was just like, are you going to do this? I know you're going to do this. <laughs> and then after I did the class, uh, Adam Pateman was teaching it, and then I was at a show Adam was doing, Graham was on it. And Adam was like, hey, Graham, Maddie does stand-up now. And Graham's like, you're doing the show, basically. And then I did Graham's show for my first, like, three or four sets. So how long of a set did you do? It was, like, a five and then a seven, and then seven was his standard. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. How'd it go? Like, how was the first five you ever did? It was good. Well, the first five I did was with the class, I guess. Oh, okay. Which was cheating, because that's the easiest place you can ever do stand-up. Oh, that's my fear. It's like, oh, I'm fine. And then I go up and like really bomb. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not fine. Because it's a class show, the whole audience is people who are supporting someone in the class. Right. So they're all just there to support in general. Yeah. They're not like... Like I got to headline one of those class showcases and I was like, oh, this is the easiest time I've ever had <laughs> in comedy. <laughs> it's like, you're all just like very loving people. It's very nice. Okay. So, so that... And then Graham's... Laugh Gallery was the first, like, this um, has stakes to it. Yeah. And, like, this is a show I wanted to do from the start, and it's my start, so this is weird. How'd it go? I think it went well. People it was like a, yeah. You didn't feel like you were dying up there? No, it was a sold-out crowd. Sick. I remember it, because it was the day before a Remembrance Day, so that everybody had the next day off, so everybody was there on a Monday night. Sold-out crowd. And it went well. Nice. And I was, I was like, I'm hooked. <laughs> we are not stopping this. Yay. And, and then, so then how'd the seven minutes go? Seven minutes was good. I was doing uh, conservatory with, imp- uh, with Instant at the same time. Oh, interesting. Do you feel like the improv influenced your stand-up at all? I think like, it made me comfortable faster. Oh, cool. Okay. Where most people open mic to get comfortable. Right. I did improv to get comfortable. Which is like, the worst that can happen will happen. And you have no control because some new person, I'm also new, but someone else is like, what are you doing to me right now? I have to weasel my way out of this mess you've caused. Oh, shoot. And do that on stage with that pressure. Doing stand-up by myself is like, oh, it can't be worse than that. (laughs) Oh, that's my biggest fear is like being on stage and just saying a joke and no one laughs. And then you're like, keep going, and no one laughs, and no one laughs. And then you're like, oh, God, get me out of here. Because I've done improv with one other person for 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. and it was like the worst experience ever because I think him and I had very different styles. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. We kind of was like blocking every idea I had, and then I probably was blocking his ideas too because I didn't really understand what he was referencing or talking about. And so it was just kind of a nightmare. But improv is more of a story. Like... Yeah, like you, you were writing to, a narrative as Exactly, so like yeah. you don't have to have constant laughs, which That's is true. nice. Yeah. But when you're standing up, you're like, 
This is when you laugh or you didn't do it. The worst now, though is when you're on stage and you can just feel the audience being like, when is this over? And you're like, I'm sorry, we can go now. The worst that that can happen at is at a roast. Ooh. Or at the roast battles. When, roast, when a roast doesn't land. Because almost every roast battle, there's two new comics who just eat it. And they're not just bombing in front of uh, an audience. They're bombing in front of a bunch of other comics who are actually paying attention. Like, in open mic comics aren't paying attention as much. Right. But everybody's listening at a roast battle and just watching you tank it. The pressure at a roast battle is more than any other stand-up I've ever done. Okay, interesting. Because, yeah, what was your first open mic like? Uh, I went to Seven Dining Lounge when that was still a thing. R.I.P.? (laughs) R.I.P.? Yeah, they got bought and then... No longer a good stand-up. No longer an open mic there. Okay. Um, no one re- there really knew who I was. Okay. Because they're all new comics. And I... Oh. Well, yeah. Makes sense. But I was also new, but I came from, like, this weird path that didn't make sense. Yeah. It's... Like, I cheated the system. I, I know <laughs> I did. Has anyone ever been, like, come up to you and been like, you cheat? Like, you got to earn your stripes or... Oh, I constantly... I still get it. Oh, really? Because <laughs> I still don't go to open mics. Oh, interesting. This is so fascinating to me because I don't know this world at yeah, all. Yeah, I... I just very selfishly I might, know what I would be like yeah. in this world. <laughs> I also might be, like, putting this on myself. Where, like, people think I just don't work hard. Oh. Because there's people who do open mics every night there's an open mic. They'll be at yeah. every single one of them doing the same jokes in front of the same people to no response. I'm like, this is not for me. Yeah, I feel like you need to... And I also just don't want to sit there for two hours in front of... Straight white guy after straight white guy after straight white guy. I think that's Talking about the same thing (laughs) always. I'm like, I don't care about your lives. (laughs) The same life. I feel like if you are fortunate enough to, like, be working, you know... No, nobody cares. That's the thing. But if you're getting... If if your career is looking the way you want it, Mm -hmm. you're not really hurting anyone, really, if you think about it. You're just doing well. There's some people, there's, I've gotten some animosity from when I'm done, like, Sunday service. I got oh, to okay. do a guest spot on that. And some people still are like, how did you get that? Because, like, we don't see you doing elbow mics, and we don't see you doing oh, these things all the time. But I'm like, but that's in my wheelhouse, and where my scene, like, where I perform. Yeah. I perform at Little Mountain constantly. Yeah, do, you do. You're very busy. You, you know, you produce your own shows, and... Like, not even my... I'll, Jokes, Please is one of my, like, staple shows that I do at Little Mountain every Thursday. Yeah. And then, now that there's the foxhole, the upstairs in the fox, the projection room show, um, I do that all the time, too, and that's, like, my style room. Yeah, and you're always promoting this on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, how can people find you on Instagram? Let's, let's, let's plug that right now. I'm at the Maddie Boo, put Instagram, Twitter. And it's always funny. I just, I don't have Twitter. I don't know how it works. I retweeted myself. I my Twitter up. goes to my Facebook, too. It's fine. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I, I enjoy Instagram more, but I don't use them that often. I just find Instagram a lot. Maybe I like I just pictures. don't understand Twitter. I just understand Instagram like, mm. more. I like, I'm more visual. Yeah. I think. There's more fun bits I can do with, like, a visual thing. I just think all the power to you. But also, like, for me, I've never succeeded in the traditional route I've always just sort of like found my way around or t- knocked at a different door than mm-hmm. everybody else. And I've always wondered, is that 
has that held me back or is that just like because I'm not going at it in the conventional way I just don't have anything to compare it to so I feel lost but maybe I'm not lost it makes the most sense to do it this way or your way like a lot of people are shocked I perform with instinct because I never did conservatory yeah I always thought about doing it but I did seven years of improv training from everybody in the city who teaches Mm -hmm. and I just and then finally I just drunkenly signed up for an audition and instant was like, yep, I'm going to try it. And if I say no, well, I'm used to that. And Brent said yes. So people were shocked. It's not a conventional thing. Why would you need a conventional route to do it? Yeah. But it's funny because I think some people do. Yeah. Oh, are yeah. Pissed the open micers have that too with me. Up. Yeah. They're like, you're not I, working hard. I'm like, shut up. I'm going to work in front it. of an audience. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. Because I think, honestly, if they were offered an opportunity to be on a show, they would take it. Mm -hmm. You'd be insane not to. After my first year without even open micing, people are like, Yeah. So where do you do stuff? I was like, Laugh Gallery, jokes please. And they would be like, Oh, I've never even done that show yet. Have you, how is that your, like, staple show already? I'm like, I don't know. You just, I feel like you just asked or right place, right time. I just asked. Uh, I'm nice. Yeah, you you are very nice. Very cordial. Um, not a garbage person. Yeah, Which that really helps, very, guys. <laughs> yeah, don't be a don't be, don't be a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, and also be funny. Probably number yeah. one rule: be funny. Don't be a dick. <laughs> and you get to do comedy, lots. I I would wager that having talent, but then also having a great attitude and just being kind. Mm-hmm help you so much oh 100 percent. even as like a show producer yeah. who am i going to put on the guy who's sure you're funny but you're shitty to people nah no yeah. thank you <laughs> yeah i'm someone less funny well that's technically. something you said was like just ask people and it was something that i had just never even thought of of like oh yeah if i want to be on a show why not ask people or offer say hey i'm free i can do this just offer yeah what you have well, stand- to offer stand up so very much you have to ask response that's yeah. not you have to get it to a certain level where they just ask you all the time for yeah. if you want to do a thing. Yeah. So you basically have to ask for spots. So is that like your ultimate goal is to do like, um, I don't know, the only Russell Peters, is that guy? <laughs> the Canadian guy? He's like selling out stadiums all over the world. Something like that? I don't even know what my ultimate or goal the, is. Or like I'm happy. have a spot on an HB or a Netflix special. I am happy doing the things Curly I do. Weird. <laughs> And I get to have free reign to do the things that I do. I get to have a show where I get to do crafts and watch Fast and the Furious. Yeah, that's With amazing. my friends and a comic that I look up to. How, why would I need more than this right now? Hey. Like, I've had certain goals. Yeah. Like, I, my goal was, like, to do Laugh Gallery. That was a goal. Got that too fast. <laughs> yeah. Add a goal. Yeah. <laughs> add a, oops. <laughs> add a goal to do, like, to do a spot on the Sunday service. And they asked me to do that way too fast as well. And I was like, cool, I gotta do this. Yeah. I'm also doing it again next in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Um, so, and then I was like, mm, maybe I'm setting my goals too low. I wanna do talent time. And then Paul asked me to do talent time. I was like, okay. Wow. Where do I, are my goals too short-sighted? Do I need bigger no. things? But I do like that they're small and within a, a reasonable grasp. Yeah you've done them all that's so impressive i've just heard so many people like have goals and never even get close to them 
Like, if they're too crazy, how are you ever going to get to them? Yeah, I mean, like, you gotta be, I think you have to be able to visualize the steps to get yeah. there. <laughs> it's like, if I was ever, like, on a Netflix thing, I'd be like, cool, that's great. Maybe I'll have that goal after I do, like, a tour or something else bigger. Right, right, right. But I'm not even at that level yet. Interesting. That's cool. Like, I think my next goal would be, like, I want to be paid on, like, a weekend to do a show at maybe a club. That'd be nice. Hey, I think that's a great goal. But also, I don't do the clubs very often because <laughs> they're not as fun. What are the clubs in town? I'm very curious. There's Yuck Yucks and I Comedy about... Mix. Okay. And Those are the two I know. Those are the two main ones. And then there's Laugh Lines in New West, which is not fun. Oh, I didn't even know about that. You don't need to. <laughs> I guess because like, I don't spend any time in New West. <laughs> I'm never there. Go to the Key. There's a nice... Uh, place and a cool Ooh, okay. barbecue place which is real nice i actually once did film a short film out there i recommend the barbecue place barbecue place cool cool next time i'm out there i'll like check out this barbecue are you vegetarian no. maybe a problem okay you're golden then <laughs> no but it yeah i'm friends with a lot of vegetarians so and vegans so on facebook yeah so i see a lot of videos and i'm like oh, i'm a murderer <laughs> The next time we'll go for steaks or something okay because there's not a lot of us i, I like it mm-hmm. um cool i feel like i've learned a lot about improv or not improv <laughs> i was like mm. i've learned a lot about improv okay goodbye <laughs> <laughs> and you're like wait what stand up stand up i feel like and also to just get in your mind of stand up yeah i'm not like against improv i don't think so i just think it's not your favorite yeah child but like my blood feud show is an improv show that's true <laughs> it's stand up and improv <laughs> like it's uh it's the tall what you tolerate i suppose no i'm kidding but like the sunday service is one of my favorite like comedy shows in town oh i still haven't checked out sunday service. what's wrong with you i know it's because i do so many shows on sunday okay. instant but <laughs> okay show off but no my goal is to check out the sunday service because i hear great things i saw them perform at beef yeah and they're incredible if anybody out of town is like what show should i go see i will be i will tell them to go to sunday, sunday service, service and not even my shows go to the sunday service yeah i hear it's just incredible and so i'm I, i'm gonna check it out and i'll check it out when you're there cool yeah. May 13th. May 13th. <laughs> I can do that. My film premieres the day before, but Ooh, we can do la. that. Yeah. Do you ever think you would, like, act in a comedy movie? Because um, you did that one with Story Hive. Well, I, I don't know if it was comedy, but... It was this comedy. It was written for me. Oh. They wrote me into it. Well, look at you. Because <laughs> I have no aspirations to become an actor. Oh, okay. That's good. Even though this voice acting, th- this voice acting thing that I did... Someone, Charlie Demir has recommended me to like an agency. Wow. And they contact me. No, like Charlie recommended you. We would like you to do this. And that's basically the only reason I did it because I was like, I'll do this for Charlie because <laughs> I don't want to make him look bad. <laughs> but also, it'd be cool if I got it. But like, that was my well, main. We got money, but. Yeah. Um, well, I don't. Know like, the idea true. that Charlie Demir has thought of me in this way, it was like, yeah. blew my mind. I feel like I need to adopt your way of, of like, whatever your vibe whatever you're thinking because things just like sort of fall in front of you i mean you work yes hard you i think you're just like you're open and available and i think yes. then that all comes to i'm you. willing to help a lot yeah like with all mountain gallery anybody who asks me for help i'll help them if i'm free and i have the time to do it i'll help you run your show i'll help you set up chairs i'll help you run the soundboard i don't i want shows to run well yeah 
and if I can do it, I'll help you do it. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't understand that thing of like, well, I don't, and it's like, yeah, but it, it's Just like, like a collective thing. It's like, and I get to be around comedy all the time. Yeah. How is that a bad thing? If you really enjoy it, why, why, why are you poo-pooing it? Yeah, it's the best. Why yeah. I... <laughs> well, anyways, I learned a lot about stand-up. <laughs> there, we could just edit that back over the other, back up. But I like the tangent constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But um, thank you so much Thanks for, for coming to talk to me about stories and stand-up and teaching me. As I don't know. I don't know if I taught you anything. Well, yeah, you taught me a lot about the comedy world. Ta- taught you to... Be nice and funny. Yes. I'm a better person now. It's the campsite rule. Leave it in better condition than you found it. And Maddie Vu has done that. Bye. Bye. Bye.